Thank you, Linda. Amen. Wow. Amen. If it wasn't because I have an obligation with God and you guys, I'd just leave the sermon right there. <laughs> Thank you, Linda, so much for reminding us how God is. Uh, today, we want to honor the dads, and so happy Father's Day. And Children's Ministry Department has a little gift for you guys. You know, in, in 2019, which was the first Father's Day I celebrated with this church, uh, they gave out a little gifts. You, you guys remember that, those that were here? How many of you received that wooden hand about this long to scratch your back? Someone, <laughs> you still using it? I still use it. I don't know why we get scratchy backs, but us guys, we get scratchy backs, you know? So I, I still have that right there by my bed, you know? And I, uh, uh. But sometimes I have to tell my wife, you know, you scratch my back. And she says, no, you got that little wooden hand over there. I said, no, you scratch my back. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead and let's give that to the dad. So just uh, raise your hands if you're a father. <laughs> I don't think you'll fool Amari. All right, so let's give those gifts out. And by the way, today history has been made. Happy Juneteenth. Yeah, it was about time. So today, a new national holiday is being celebrated. Of course, what it represents goes way beyond what I can explain this morning because of time, but we just want to thank God because today we can remember how slavery was banished and gotten away with. So, of course, you know what I'm going to be preaching about, but before we go there, they're still giving some gifts out. Um, we do have a business meeting this evening via Zoom, right, Sister Hilton? So today we're going to take a vote for the new leadership of our church, and we're excited. In the month of July, we begin with a new leadership, and, uh, and today we have to vote that in, and the new board. And so, yeah, we're just excited. You know, the church goes through these cycles, and uh, it's, it's always a blessing. So I think that's it. Everybody got their gift? Except me. And don't forget the pastor. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and put that PowerPoint up. And we'll start with our sermon today, The Importance of Fatherhood. The Importance of Fatherhood. So as I was preparing the sermon, I was doing some research. I was trying to investigate. Thank you so much, Amari. Uh, we, were, we were trying to see how to put all the pieces together. And one of the statistics that I found, which was just so astonishing, is what I'm going to begin with. So look at this. 33% of the 72 million children in America will go to bed without their biological father in the home. Fatherless children are five times as likely to live in property, repeat a grade, and have emotional problems. Now look at this. 93% of all people incarcerated are men, and 85% of them have no father figure. Wow. Isn't that impacting. But, but look at this. This is about becoming a Christian. So when a child or a, a kid in the home becomes a Christian first, they, 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 they give their life to Jesus first, 3.5% of the rest of the family become a Christian. That's, that's pretty low, but, you know, it's still interesting. But look at this. The family gets saved if the mother is first at a 17% ratio. But what really knocked me off my chair was 93% of families get saved if the father is the first one to give his life to Jesus. 
So the impact of fathers in the lives of their children, in the lives of the church, of society, of the nation, of the world, is more important than we can imagine. So I think it's worth spending some time in this, in this subject. So I'm not, I'm not trying to get any importance away from mom because we know how important they are. Okay, for a long time, researchers have studied the importance of the role of mothers in the education of their children, and we do not have any doubt on the importance of motherhood. So don't think that because I'm talking about fatherhood, I'm trying to uh, underestimate what you guys mean to us because you guys mean the world to us. But I do need to speak about fatherhood because I am truly convinced that if it weren't because of Christian fathers, this world would be really messed up. Let's pray. Dear God, I know we can do better as fathers, a lot better. And I know you want to bless us today through your word. And so, God, speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let, let's go here to some, uh, some facts. So for many years, fathers had been forgotten in the research world. So mothers, there were study, There was a lot of uh, investigation, longitudinal studies. There were, you know, a lot of surveys. But the father figure was left out and... We don't really know the reason, but what we do know is that we had a belief system that was not correct. And that was that we believed that fathers were for what? Yeah, to provide the money, you know, to bring the bread home, okay? And, of course, discipline when maybe mom couldn't or mom wouldn't. <laughs> Wait till your daddy gets here, <laughs> all right? You understand. You know where I'm coming from. So... The father figure is very important. Look at this. During the last 25 to 35, actually, to 25 to 35 years, research has proven that the father figure is more important than we had imagined in the life of our children. The absent father. Check, check this out. This is interesting. The physical or emotional absence. So a father sometimes is not physically absent. He's there. But he's not involved in his children's lives. Okay, so there's an emotional absence in a lot of homes. And that contributes to serious consequences in the lives of his children. So take, take a look at this. The absent father, the absent father. Uh, the father that is not there, you know, when, when the father is scarcely involved in the life of his children, it can affect their emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and social development. Isn't that incredible? The absent father. When the father participates in the life of his children, it helps them in their development. For example, when dad plays with the kids, what, what impact does that have on them? Or, or when he actually sits them on, their, on his lap and tells them a story, or even if he's just making a phone call, but he has his kids right there with him. What impact does that have? It can make an enormous impact, a, a big difference, even in the success or failure in academics. You guys know that. It's, it's incredible. There's positive consequences when father is there and is involved. For example, the presence and communication between father and son or daughter, especially at mealtime, something that we've lost in our culture. I don't know what's wrong with us. There are days when we don't even do one meal with our family. 
It's a crazy world. But, but look at this. Study shows that when we have a meal with our kids, I'm talking to you, Dad, it greatly stimulates them to behave better at school. Just by having that, that time. Because I know, I know eating is, is <laughs> it's a good thing. And it's a grand time. So at mealtime, there's just something special about eating together that can influence them to have a better behavior at school. Now, the presence of the father has a favorable impact in intellectual development and the ability. Look at this. This is interesting. Especially for five and six years old, when the dad is really involved with his kids, it can help them learn to solve problems. At the end of the day, that's what intelligence is, right? Being intellectual is being smart, but being intelligent is knowing how to live and how to resolve problems. Now, when dad plays with the kids, 15 to 30 months old, yeah, yo, you know, those kids that you still can carry because they're not too heavy, right? I don't know how moms do it because they can, they can carry their babies lengthy hours, and, and, and we're like, I have this guy, man, you know. But, but when we play with our kids, 15 to 30 months old, they develop a better cognitive level, language skills, and a sense of dignity. Incredible. Negative consequences when the father is absent. Well, this is one of the early studies. Like I said, the, the, the major studies have been done like 35 years up to today. But this, was study, this study was done way back in the days. Uh, 1,337 students that graduated from the medical school from John Hopkins University between those years, uh, 1948-1964, it was found that the lack of a close relationship with the father, what happened? It was related to higher cases of hypertension, coronary disease, tumors, and suicide in this particular group. So we're talking about students that graduated from medicine and still had terrible outcomes further down the road. Because they didn't have that close relationship with mom and dad. Children that go in homes where the father figure is lacking have more probabilities of not finishing high school. Wow. And what else? To live in poverty? Have children out of wedlock? Divorce? Commit crimes? And use drugs? Ricker observed that children that grew up without a father also present some other issues. Look at this. Low academic performance. Deficient intellectual development and problems with their psychosexual development. They don't really understand who they are as a being. It has a tremendous impact and their psychosexual development. The physical or emotional absence of the father can contribute to a lack of motivation to triumph in life. If that is not a, around, that can dismotivate the kids to try to be victorious in life. Wow. A study in Great Britain found that most promising element that will foster children to grow up and become a criminal isn't poverty but, or race, but to grow up in a home without a father. Wow. A longitudinal study that lasted 15 years with 130 infants with divorced parents discovered 
Look what they discovered. Lower grades in school, more problems with their colleagues. They were having interpersonal problems with their classmates. Low self-esteem and more anxiety about the future. Wow. National Center of Health and Statistics of North America affirms that children that come from a one-parent home, usually raised by mom, of course, okay, the probability of them having emotional health problems and behavior problems is 100 to 200% higher than in the families where these kids are raised by both parents. Furthermore, they will have 50% more of a chance of having learning disabilities. Now, let's talk a little bit about the boys, the, the, the males, okay? Boys that come from homes where the father was absent physically or emotionally. I always want to underline that because sometimes we think absent means that he's not around. No, he might be there, but he's not involved. What happens with these kids? So we're talking about the guys now, okay, the guys. They're less assertive, okay, what else? They are more, whoops, they are more dependent, submissive, and less confident in their role as men. Because at the end of the day, if mom is teaching them to be a man, I don't think that she's the best person to do that. She can do a good job. She can do a good job, but how is a woman going to tell a guy how to be a guy? They can do their best, and God bless them. But then we, we can figure out sometimes why the kid always wants to be outside, right? Because if he's bugging mom, mom says, go outside and play. Find something to do. Now we understand why there are so many fathers that are absent. So they're less assertive when dad is not around. More dependent, submissive, less confident in their role as men. Now, let's talk about the girls because if you have girls... This is even more serious stuff. So let, let's see what happens with the girls. So here we have, there is a correlation with psychosomatic problems like anorexia and bulimia. When there is no father figure. Another thing is that they tend to marry what? Younger. They tend to be sexually active at a younger age, more promiscuous. They have difficulty relating to the opposite sex. If they have grown up without a dad, they don't know how to get along with the guys. In a study with 39 adolescent girls with nervous anorexia, it was found that 36% of them had a common denominator, a poor relationship with their dads. Therefore, experts in this area connect, in many cases, anorexia with a poor father-daughter relationship. Young girls that lost their father through divorce are more likely to be attracted to older men. <laughs> yep. There are more cases of teenage pregnancies. And later in life, a tendency to divorce more frequent. A problematic relationship, father-daughter interaction that is not working out, and low supervision from dad are associated with higher probability of pregnancy in adolescence. John Hopkins University revealed that 60% of Anglo-adolescents 
that were raised without a father figure get involved in premarital sex compared to those that were raised with both parents in the 60% higher. A research done with 7,000 women that worked in topless bars revealed that the majority came from homes where the father was absent. The Kaufman study, this is a, a famous research, revealed that daughters that lost the father, that the, the father had died, tend to manifest more eating disorders, poor self-control, more covetousness, and more hyperactive or motor activity. Now, we're not here to give stats, but I just had to make my case. Are we okay with that? If not, it's too late because I already did. <laughs> I already, already shared this. But let's go to God's word now. What, what do we have to do in the light of all I've said? What do we have to do? So dads, here's what we got to do. Here's some recommendations. Be like your father in heaven. So I was going through the Bible, reading as much as I could. As, you know what the Bible says about God being our father. You know, even though God does have some characteristics that are more like a mom. You know, the one that he says that he beget his son, you know. And, and we, we have, you know, certain stories in the Bible where it seems like he has more mother characteristics than father in those specific stories. But if you go through the whole Bible, it generally presents God as our father. And how is that father? How many of you remember the first sermon I preached in this church? It was in May 2018. A good, good father. You remember? The prodigal son? So actually, I was just going to go ahead and put that, that, that sermon up today, but then God told me, no, they can just watch it on YouTube anytime they want. So you have to be like your father in heaven. And how is our Father in heaven? So here, here are some things that I want to, to just go by with you. So his patience and kindness never runs out. How about your patience and kindness with your kids? Does that run out sometimes? Do we get impatient? Do we treat them unjustly sometimes because we run out of patience? So how is God? Well, he's a patient God. He's a kind God. Psalm 103, 17 reminds us of those characteristics of God. He is always approachable. Can your kids come to you anytime they want? Knowing that you're going to listen. Knowing that you're not going to reproach them. Knowing that you're going to be able to give them a word of advice if they want it. And sometimes even if they don't want it. <laughs> Are you approachable, dear dad? Hebrews 4.16 says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can go to God because he is approachable. In the time of help, in the time of need, you can get close to God because he's approachable. Not like those parents that their teenage daughter got pregnant. They're a leader in the church. And they cut our relationship with the daughter because She's messed up my reputation. No. Approachable. Okay, number three. You will never have to earn his love. I hope your kids don't have to earn your love. You love them even when they don't behave. Right? 
them under any circumstances. And they don't have to earn your love. It's like, you better be good because if not, I'm not going to love you. Now, we would never say that. But sometimes with our attitude, we make them think that they have to earn our love. Because if they haven't behaved, then we don't let them go to Pathfinders. If they don't behave, we don't let them go see Grandpa and Grandma. And we discipline them with things that are contrary to good development. We, we, we punish them with giving them more chores at home. No, they have to have their chores, but that's supposed to be just part of be, being part of the society called family. But not as a punishment. So, they don't have to earn our love. Amen? Number four, you will never blow it enough to lose his love. Yeah, there's nothing you can do to, to have God stop loving you. You can spit on his face. You can accuse him of everything that's bad in your life. You can blame him for all the stuff you're going through. You can give him your back. You can reject him, and he will not stop loving you. Because that's the way God is. And that's the way dads should be. Can you tell your kids this? You will never blow it enough to lose my love. <laughs> Number five, God has your very best in mind. And of course, you know, we know Romans 8, 28. You know, everything works together for good. Number six, God the Father loves you enough to discipline you. Yeah, don't, don't leave that up to mom. God's timing is perfect. Psalms 84.11 tells us that when, when God does something on your behalf, it's the right moment. Sometimes our kids have to learn that they can't get everything they want when they want it. But they can get what they need when they need it. So it's very important that, that, that we also try to be as perfect as we can in our timing. God gives wisdom generously. James 1, 5 says, if you're lacking wisdom, just, just, just ask me, and I'll give it to you abundantly. Can your kids come up to you, dear dad, and say, I need a little piece of wisdom from you, dad? Are you willing to give wisdom generously? Share them your story. Be honest. Be transparent. Yeah, you weren't perfect when you were a kid. They can learn from your mistakes so they won't make the same mistakes. God lets you make your own choices. Yeah, you remember Judges 24, 15. Decide today who you will serve. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you mature enough to let your kids make their own decisions? And when they make a bad decision, to learn from their bad decisions? We try to do our best for them to make good decisions. But at the end of the day... If we're going to be making all the decisions for them, when, they, when are they going to become an adult? You know, when I was, I was taking my master's, uh, one of my teachers explained to us, like, like, like the more signal and the less signal. So when they're, when they're born, we literally do everything for them. And they depend 100% on mom and dad. But as they're growing up, that control becomes less and less. They are more responsible of making decisions. They're more responsible of doing their, their, their things and, and getting things done. And then it comes to a point when they become an adult. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. 
supposed to be 100% independent. But they learned that from my mom and dad. And, and especially today that I'm talking about dads, are you willing to allow them to make their own decisions? Sometimes we want to decide who they're going to mar- get married with, who, who, what they're going to study. Number 10, God the Father knows you intimately. So, so how well do you know your children? I know my wife knows better my children than I do. And that's probably the case in most moms. <laughs> they know their kids. I mean, sometimes they can even almost read their minds. And when they say something, they can almost know if it's a true or a lie. But as dads, how intimately do you know your children? Do you really know what they're thinking? Do you know where they're coming from, what their likes are, what their desires are? So, so here's just a, a few things that I wanted to share from one of my favorite authors. I would think, actually, that this is my favorite author. You guys know who, who it is. It's Ellen White. Okay. So, so let's take a look at this. When you come home from work to your home, and she's talking about the dads. This is a chapter about the dads. You should consider as a pleasant change to spend some time with your children. Yeah, you get home all stressed from work. You're all tired. But guess what? If you spend a little time with your kids, with your children, or even with your young people, wow, all of a sudden your stress is like, where did it go? Hey, I'm okay. So we should consider it a pleasant change to spend some time with our children. Here's another another word of advice. He who has a family with male children... Those that have a male child must understand that whatever his vocation, never be careless with the souls God has entrusted to your care. And she continues to say, he must not leave his restless males in the mother's care. This burden is too heavy for her. The father must bear a greater share of the burden. Yeah, guys and girls are different. They're different. So if you're a dad, you have to be more involved if you have males, if you have sons. Now, check this out. The father should not get so absorbed by his business or the study of books that he cannot take time to study the nature of his children and their needs. That, 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 that quote's going to continue, but just let me make a pause here. I was reading this one author that says, if you say that you don't have time for your kids, then you shouldn't have brought them into this world and you don't deserve the place that God has given you in this earth. So, so, so here it is. It says that you should not get so absorbed with your business or the study of books that you can't take time to study the nature of your children and their needs. You must help to devise ways To keep them busy. She's talking about father with male, with sons. You must help to devise ways to keep them busy in useful chores that are consistent with their various dispositions. Whatever the nature of your occupation, I love this quote, it is not of such importance 
as to excuse you for neglecting the work of educating and preparing your children to walk in the way of the Lord. This is the most important task you got. Fathers, dedicate as much time as possible. God knows you're busy. He knows you got a lot of stuff to do. But Ellen White says, dedicate as much time as possible to be with your children. Strive to get familiar with their different dispositions so you can know how to educate them in harmony with God's word. Fathers, this is my favorite quote that I'm going to put up today. It says, combine what? Combine love with authority, kindness with firm rebuke. Dedicate some of your leisure time to your children. Associate yourselves with their work and play. Gain their confidence. Well, actually what she's saying is that that's the only way to gain their confidence. Okay. Dedicate some of your leisure time to your children. Associate yourself with their work and play. And then you're going to gain their confidence. Cultivate friendship, especially with your sons. By this means, you will have a powerful influence for good. It, it, it was well said by one of my professors. He said, this world is upside down because society is upside down. And society is upside down because the families are upside down. And the families are upside down because marriages are upside down. And marriages are upside down because he who has been called to be the head of the household is upside down. So look what it says here. Cultivate friendship, especially with your sons. And I end with this quote from Gospel Workers. It says, what this world needs is not so much great intellects, but good men. That will be a blessing in their home. Wow. With this being said, how many of us that are fathers want to rededicate our life to God and dedicate our fatherhood to Jesus Christ? Can you stand up? If you're a dad, you say, Dad, my father in heaven, Abba, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. And I want to cultivate friendship with my children. I want to dedicate some of my time to them. I want, to be the, I want to be the best I can be. Let's pray. Dear God, what an awesome father you are. A good, good father. We want to imitate your attributes, your character as fathers. And today, Lord, we rededicate our lives to you. And if we have messed up, if we haven't been doing our best, it's time for a change. But that change is only possible when we allow you to enter our hearts, change our hearts, modify our thoughts, change our character, and lead us in another direction. Dear God, we love you so much. We want to dedicate our families to you, our children, our church, our nation. Dear God, bless us the rest of this day. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you. We have our closing song. You can stay, stay standing up.
And may God bless you.